there's something about a new year. It's the chance for a fresh start in so many ways. Go ahead, shake that jar of sprinkles and celebrate your role as a mom. I'm Stephanie Fleece. And I'm Michelle Fortin with City Mom Collective. And our hope is that this podcast brings a smile to your face, a skip to your step, and a sprinkle or two to your mundane. This is Just Add Sprinkles, Celebrating Motherhood, a podcast by City Mom Collective. Happy New Year! Welcome to the first episode of Just Add Sprinkles, Celebrating Motherhood in 2023. This is episode 92, and today we're talking about decluttering your home and your calendar, okay? We're going to talk about this, get some tips from some other moms, and hear from the one and only Emily Lake. Yes, Emily is here to give us some of her decluttering advice, but we've got a lot of other tips to be able to share this episode as well. So here's here's the deal. As with pretty much every topic, our CMC sisterhood has a slew of tips to share. A slew. I love a that word. slew. A slew. <laughs> How does one spell slew? You know, I was just thinking, I'm not sure. Is it S-E-L-E-W? No, I don't, I don't think know. so. Is it- anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but our sister had his sisterhood does have a slew of information when it comes to topics like decluttering. And so we're going to make sure that we link a number of those in our show notes. Of course. We actually have a post stuff with links to all the posts. <laughs> That's how much our moms love talking about these topics. Yes. <laughs> um, but I did, as I was going through them, I pulled one that I thought would be fun for us to talk about here as we start this episode. Um, and it's called Nine Ways to De- Declutter Your Home as a Busy Working Mother. And this is from Orlando Mom Collective. So the first tip that this uh, author says is to set realistic goals. So trying to tackle too much at once can be daunting and lead to burnout. Hands raised on my yes. part. Yep. So start small and work your way up and focus on one area or one room at a time. Yep. The second tip is to find a system that works for you. There's no right system for decluttering. What works for one person might not work for another. So the key is to find one that works for you and your family and stick to that. Tip three is to schedule time for decluttering or else it's not going to happen. Let's be honest. (laughs) So dedicate a few hours on the weekend or an evening during the week to work on decluttering. If you can't find a large block of time, that's okay. Break them into smaller 15 to 30 minute increments that you can fit into your day. Yep. And fourth, set a deadline. Um, You know, I I operate well on a deadline stuff. You know that about me. Mm -hmm. Um, And and everybody does too. If you don't have a deadline to get this done, you're just never going to do it. But having a timeline will help you stay focused and motivated. Tip five is to donate or sell items that you no longer need. A good rule of thumb is that if you haven't used an item for a year, you're probably not going to use it again. It's true. Six, get the whole family involved. Assign each family member a task or an area to focus on, and this will help lighten your load and make decluttering a family affair. Tip seven is to put it in writing. Make sure that everyone knows what needs to be done and by when. Yeah, everyone loves to check off a list, Steph. So I <laughs> having a big do. list in the middle of the kitchen and everyone can check it off is awesome. Yeah. Uh, the eighth tip is to take baby steps. Decluttering is a process and it will take time. So be patient with yourself and just do one step at a time. And finally, the ninth tip uh, on this topic from Orlando Mom Collective is to stay organized. Establish some simple rules and routines to help 
keep things tidy, designate a place for everything and make sure everyone in the family knows where things go. Put away items as soon as you're done using them. I I love that, uh, Steph. I love that sentiment, you know, uh, and it's it is usually good for a a period of time, you know, (laughs) in January, February and March. Yes. And then it's time for spring cleaning. So somehow it's all happened again. Um, I saw a meme last week that I loved. It was of a cluttered countertop uh-huh. and it said, I see your junk drawer and I raise you a chaos corner. <laughs> and I love it because, you know, we can all relate to that because we all have a junk drawer or a chaos corner. Oh, for sure. Especially coming off of the holidays. I feel like yep. there are lots of chaos corners in my home after the holidays. Uh, well, as we already shared, we do have a special guest for uh, today's episode that we're so excited to be able to share with you all. And she's going to give us some practical tips on how to tackle that all familiar junk collection spot. Hi, guys. This is Emily Lay. I am the founder of Simplified. We are a brand of planners and products made to help very busy women get organized. And I'm also a mom to three kids and best friends with the co-founders of Pensacola Mom Collective. So I'm really excited to come on and share with all of you um, some of my tips on how to declutter your lives, your homes, and your schedules for the new year. Um, I think the very best way to tackle this, to tackle really decluttering basically anything, it could be a junk drawer, it could be your pantry, um, it could be your calendar, um, is to just unpack first. Okay, so first let's talk about how you would do this in a junk drawer, and then I'll tell you how you can parlay this theory into other things. So we like to say it's simplified that we follow the best favorite necessary rule. So the first thing you're going to do with your junk drawer is you're going to unpack it. You're going to take absolutely everything out of the drawer and don't do anything with it. Don't sort anything. Don't toss anything. Um, you're going to take everything out of the drawer and you're going to wipe the drawer down. So you really have a clean slate to start with. Then you're going to take a look at every single item that came out of the drawer and you're going to start um getting rid of things. So you are going to look for things to donate and things to trash. So you have two trash bags going. Um, Anything that is not the best, the favorite, or the necessary goes. And what you'll find at the end of this exercise is that you are left with only what you need. And the beautiful part of all of this is that when you get to the end and you open that junk drawer, what you're finding is that you don't have to experience what we call decision fatigue. You don't have to sort through, you know, multiple staplers to find the one that works. You don't have to look through, you know, a stack of coupons to find the ones that aren't expired. Okay, Steph, my junk drawer is full of pencils, not pens, pencils, so strange, and junk mail. (laughs) What about yours? And junk mail. Oh, Oh, you know what? we Well, we've got multiple junk drawers because we did a massive remodel and just have too many spots to put things in. So so the junk drawer that first comes to my mind also has a lot of pencils and pens, but we've got all sorts of Sharpies and hair ties and, yep. I mean, yeah. I don't know, paper clips, all sorts of junk. Yeah, it's you know, just a col- good collection spot for a... Yes, yeah. Slew well, of things. A slew of things. That is the word of the episode. (laughs) Well, Emily is not done, though. So once you unpack, you've got to put it back together. The best 
the favorite, and the necessary. And this isn't just about your junk drawer, mamas. So what you do is you go through everything, you choose the best favorite necessary, then you sort them into categories, then you add structure. So you're going to add your little clear bins or your, you know, your boxes or what have you into the drawer to provide some sort of structure. Then you put it all back in and voila, there you are. So if you're going to take this advice and kind of parlay it into your schedule, if you will, you are going to do the exact same thing. You're going to look at your week or your month or your year with an open mind. So you're going to kind of create that blank slate um, and you're going to then start adding back in, if you will, back onto your calendar, the things that are the best, the favorite and the necessary. So um, birthday parties, dentist appointments, your kids after school activities, some self-care time for you, you know, working out those things that you have to have on your calendar. You're going to start adding those. I love the direct tie from a junk drawer to the calendar because ain't that the truth. Preach it, girl. I th- That makes so much sense because there are times when I look at my calendar and I feel like there's so much chaos there. It's just like a collection of junk. <laughs> yes. Yeah, for sure. One of the principles that I actually started embracing over the past few years is uh, an audit of my calendar over and I do it quarterly where I look at my calendar and I think, what's brought me joy? What has not brought me joy? Uh, What are things that I've learned that I actually really enjoy to do this quarter? So uh, just a good practice and similar kind of tie in to what I'm saying. It's a very Marie Kondo approach to your calendar. I like it. Yes. Does it bring me joy? (laughs) Well, calling back to something Emily said earlier, this process will help you avoid decision fatigue. Oh, don't we all hate that? It'll help you avoid that down the road, whether it's knowing the pen you pulled from the junk drawer will actually work or knowing instantly what you truly have time for. So you're adding everything back to your schedule that is best favorite necessary. And then you start to look and evaluate Some of the other things, maybe boards you serve on or volunteer work you're doing or commitments you have at your kid's school or whatever that might be. And really thinking long and hard about what you want to give your time, your effort, your love and your energy to. Because when you say yes to one thing, you're saying no to something else and vice versa. Um, So I hope that's really helpful. That's your calendar. That's your junk drawer. This works for closets, pantries your mind, if you will, um, really anything that you are looking to declutter. And my my best tip for all of this is to be ruthless, to go in, to do it quickly, to not labor too long over any one decision, um, and to just remember that the goal here is to simplify your life so that you truly have time for what matters most to you. Be ruthless. I love that. We're so lucky to have Emily's advice on this episode today. Thanks, Emily. Yes. Thank you so much, Emily. And you do need to check out her company, Simplified by Emily Lay. That's Emily Lay, L-E-Y.com. We'll link to it in our show notes so you make sure that you can get there really easily. Uh, She has the most gorgeous planners, couches, pens, stickers. Yeah, it's basically heaven if you're into organizing anything. I mean, I have several Emily Lay items that I'm obsessed. Steph, I was looking at her website today. I got a little distracted. Did you know she has a workbook just for hosting? No. Yeah, she does. It's a whole checklist for hosting events. You need that. Don't buy it. I'm going to get it for you for your birthday. (laughs) (laughs) Now, Emily didn't sponsor this episode. We just absolutely love her and her stuff. And we're so grateful that she spoke to us about getting organized in the new year. 
Yeah, and a shout out to her local site, Pensacola Mom Collective, who has gotten us connected to Emily in multiple ways. Uh, But Emily's not the only one talking about this topic. We asked you all to weigh in on how you organize your calendar and you responded. Yeah, on Instagram, we asked you to share how you manage all the schedules because it's a whole thing. Am I right? Okay, in my house, I have my work schedule plus my social schedule, my son's theater rehearsal schedule now, my daughter's dance schedule both school schedules, my husband's schedule, my parents' travel schedule because we watch their dog with their I mean, it's just, <laughs> it's just, you know. That makes me exhausted for you. And we haven't, I haven't even started thinking about like all of our schedules. So my husband's social schedule, my husband's work schedule, our dog schedule now. We have a dog, like when she has to go to the groomer, that has to add to the schedule. The kids' doctor appointments and dentist appointments and counseling appointments. And I mean, it is, it's a thing. My head managing, is yeah. yeah, managing a family calendar is really a thing. Uh, yes, but the common theme and the responses that we got to the question of how do you manage your family calendar was color. Color coding all the schedules in one central spot so that they can be easily be seen and deciphered by everyone in the family. Yes, so some people prefer digital, others print, whether it's something on the fridge Um, But organizing by a color code for each person or type of schedule uh, is key. So, for example, I have all of my kids' school schedule things on my calendar in the same shade of blue. So that just helps me when I look at the week or the month, I know, oh, they have a half day or a day off here because it's marked in that color. Mm. You know what? I love me some organization, but I have never color coded my schedule. I need to do this. You do? You do. And it's fun because... Who doesn't love a fun new set of markers and then using that to color something? (laughs) Yeah. Well, this is all in some ways, assuming, especially the marker comment that you said, that people are using print calendars uh, all the time. And here's the deal. Not everyone uses a print calendar. Now, you could color code a digital calendar as well. But my friend Christina, who lives in the Minneapolis area, recently introduced me to a calendar system that is amazing. Here's what she has to say. This is Christina, mom to Ben 13 and Anna 10. We use a skylight calendar in our house. So it feeds all of our digital calendars into one location. We can tap on it and see in color-coded fashion everything that's happening during our busy days. And then we are able to move Uh, switch that over to a um, digital picture frame when it's not being used as a calendar. So when it goes to sleep, it switches to a digital picture frame, which is really um, fun. And the kids like that aspect of it too. So great centralized location for all of our activities. So Michelle, I was over at their house and uh, they had this skylight calendar up on their um, kitchen counter. And it looks like a digital frame, which is, I think, well, I believe how Skylight started. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I was like, oh, you have a digital frame. I haven't seen this. And she said, it's actually our calendar. I was like, what? So she taps on it. It goes from the revolving photos of a digital frame to this amazing color-coded calendar. And here are some of the key points to this calendar. And admittedly, I have not done a ton of research. So this is her briefing me for like two minutes the other day on this, but she, so 
all of my kids' sports activities use uh, Sports Engine or Team Snap or these various other apps to manage their team schedules. Uh-huh. And this calendar pulls in no. in real time from that. Jeez. So if it. So if a kid's uh, practice schedule gets changed or location, it automatically changes. No. Oh, my gosh. This, yes. sounds, this sounds like one of those, like, homes of the future. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I don't believe that it actually exists right now. That's but amazing. It is amazing. And you know what? It's a pretty big um, frame, I would say. And I actually was looking. Uh, Amazon has a show now that's a 15-inch frame and does a similar functionality where you have the calendar as the main item that your family can see. What's the price point on these, do you know? So the Amazon show was about $250 uh, that I was looking at. Again, that's the 15-inch, the most newest model. And I'm not sure about the Skylight, but we will definitely link to Skylight uh, calendar in the show notes because I think it might be something people yeah. would be interested and if you're, in. If you are like the tech side and having like the newest gadgets and stuff, that would be something that would be totally awesome to have. I I think there'd be a learning curve for me and how I pull all that. That might be frustrating, but you know, if I could, yeah, if it would pull all the, like the theater schedule that my son has now, it pulls all that into one would be amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Well, we've all looked at our calendar stuff, whether it's a techie cool skylight digital frame or gorgeous paper, Emily lay planner. Um, but it instantly got a headache, right? Cause, um, Emily gave us some great tips already on decluttering our calendar, but let's take this a step further. Um, cause it can really be overwhelming Steph, Have you ever tried time blocking? I have not. <gasps> I know what? so many people that swear by this. I can't, I just, I don't know. It feels overwhelming to you. How about you? Or yes, I have, I have done time blocking. I, I would say there, there was a point in my life where I had the blocks actually outlined and always visible to me. And I had a timer set. Um, and I, I'm not that organized with it right now, but I, I, I need to get back at that because the benefit was amazing. So if you don't know what I'm talking about, according to rescuetime.com, time blocking is the practice of planning out every moment of your day in advance and dedicating specific time blocks for certain tasks and responsibilities. So the theory is that by scheduling every minute of your day, you not only guard against distraction, but also multiply your focus. Yeah. So single tasking, focusing on one task at a time can actually make you up to 80% more effective or more productive than Mm. splitting your attention across multiple tasks. Yes. So when you know you have time set aside later for checking email or replying to Slack messages, you're less likely to give into the FOMO these tools create. For example, like I, you know, if I'm blocking like this morning and blocking writing podcast scripts, but then I think, oh, I need to look up something on Instagram that I need. Well, then all of a sudden, I 20 minutes later, I'm still going on Instagram. <laughs> you know, but yeah. if I know, like I have a block of time later that I've allowed myself to look at social media, I can put it off and to stay focused on the task. And it really does work. Yeah. Well, uh, you may think that time blocking or may, may be tempted to think that time blocking is only for working moms that are juggling work responsibilities. But there's a post on Detroit Mom from a stay-at-home mom with Littles who uses time blocking herself. And this is, in general, what her day looks like. Uh, she shares that from 6 to 9 a.m. is their good morning time. So the kids eat, they play, have a little screen time. Mom gets the coffee, maybe a shower if she's lucky, simple chores, make beds, that sort of thing. 9 to 11 then is their school time. So this mom spends those two hours starting to teach basic math, writing, logic games, 
switching things up every 15 minutes to keep kids focused. So now we've got a couple of hours already taken care of in the morning. So 11 to 1, she does lunch, keeps this time long and flexible because here's the deal. Life with little kids is a little crazy and they eat slowly. Then 1 to 3 is their quiet time. It could be a nap, reading time, or a quiet play with puzzles or Legos. Then 3 to 5 is afternoon fun. So going outside, weather permitting, or doing a science or cooking activity, maybe a play date outing. Then 5 to 9 is their dinner and bedtime routine. So keeping it pretty simple, but blocking out those times for the various things. Right. So the days are long, but the years are short, right? We say that all the time. (laughs) Uh, This schedule, it feels slow and methodical. But mm. it's the exactly it's the exact right type of schedule structure and routine that little ones need mm. in their moms. Because if I know, hey, I'm gonna just have a, we're not gonna do anything productive until nine a.m. You know, so mm. we're having this morning time. I'm gonna just wake up, have coffee, let them play, and then from nine to eleven, I know I'm giving them some structured time to do something that activates their brains. You know, and then and then we have another downtime. We have quiet time. And it, I just love that because you know you have that in the schedule. And so you can relax and, and approach yeah. your day that way. Michelle, I have to tell you, I just told you that I don't really time block, but that mom's like schedule is exactly what I did. It's bringing me back to the days of littles. Yeah. And so I may just unintentionally, I be, I'm probably an unintentional time blocker. Right. Who knows? I think the thing about time blocker too is like you can set you can set a time like I'm going to do this I'm going to do work, sure. but then if you're setting your side your time like let's say you're a, a writer for one of our our sites so if you you know set time in your afternoon like while your kids napping one to three is when I'm going to get some of my work done, but then even in that one to three block you say from one thirty to two fifteen I'm going to write this one blog post. And then you do nothing else. You shut every other window. You don't have, you have your phone on, do not disturb. You are solely focused on that. You'll get it done. Yeah. And if you just say sometime between one and three, I'm going to get it done. Chances are it'll be three o'clock. Your kid's waking up from their nap and it's not done. So that's the nice thing about like then even blocking the time in even more specific increments really helps. I think. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you for joining us as we kick off the new year. And we hope, mamas, that your 2023 is off to a great start with a clean junk drawer and color-coded calendar. (laughs) Let's hope so. Or aspirations for those things. (laughs) We really do hope that these tips help you to get your head around setting your family and your home, possibly even your mom brain, up for a successful year. When you do get a chance to clean out that junk drawer or update your family calendar... That is worthy of celebration. Don't forget to celebrate all of those accomplishments and just add sprinkles. For show notes and more information on this episode of Just Add Sprinkles Celebrating Motherhood, please visit momcollective.com. There you can find more information on our topic, our guest, and our host, Stephanie Fleece. If you enjoyed this episode, please take a minute to give a review wherever you listen to podcasts so we can keep encouraging moms to celebrate motherhood and just add sprinkles.